Hi! Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this abbreviated episode, we're going to talk to John Hodge of Three Down Nation about what's going on in the CFL, the offseason so far. There's new coaching hires. The Bombers haven't signed many people yet. What's going on? Well, he'll tell us on the podcast. been fairly quiet for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers since they lost the Grey Cup game against Montreal November 19th. In the three-plus weeks since, they've re-signed GM Kyle Walters and assistant GMs Danny McManus and Ted Gavaya. There's also defensive end Willie Jefferson, but that's it. So is there a reason they've been so quiet? Well, to chat about this and other goings-on in the CFL, we're joined by John Hodge of Three Down Nation. Uh, John, let's start with the Grey Cup game. How often do you think about what happened that night in Hamilton? <laughs> well, I, I mean... I would say I mostly think about it when I talk to folks like my parents or, or my other family members who are still heartbroken <laughs> as season ticket holders um, or other Bomber fans I know, friends. Um, on an individual level, I, I don't really think about it other than the context of what does this mean for 2024? Because the atmosphere in the locker room post game felt a lot different this time at Tim Hortons field than it did previously in Regina at Mosaic stadium in 2022. And I think that's because this team is going to look substantially different. Um, not to say it's going to get a complete overhaul, but I think it is certainly going to, let's say, get more than the, than, than just a, a reshuffling of furniture. Like there's going to be a couple walls that get painted. There's going to be uh, a few pieces of art that get moved around. And, and this team is going to look and feel different. In, in 2024. Is that a bad thing? Well, I, I don't necessarily think so, but it is obviously tough when you have to mess with something that's worked so well for, for four or five years now. One of the tough natures of sport is you look at this two-year stretch now where the Bombers have come up short in the Great Cup game and there's oh, thoughts of, okay, well, what do they have to do to make sure they get to the promised land next year and make sure they get to cross the finish line? The reality is there were like a play away from four straight Great Cups in each game, right? And that's the the nature of sport. I don't necessarily know if a, like a giant overhaul is necessary, but this team, it, it can't get around the fact that age is becoming a factor, right? Well, age is becoming a factor. And I, I mean, this is not something that's exclusive to the CFL or the NFL, or even as professional football, but you have to have a healthy balance on your roster. You can't have an aging roster where everyone gets old at the same time. Uh, and you also need to have young guys contributing partly because they are on cheap contracts. And that is something the bombers have benefited from. They've had Dalton shown playing the last couple of years, for instance, on a very team friendly contract. They've had Brady Oliveira being arguably the best player in the CFL, certainly this past season, on a relatively cheap deal. And part of those young guys maturing and growing is you have to either replace them uh, with entry-level players on cheap deals, or you have to pay them. And when they become highly paid vets, inevitably you have to move out some highly paid vets to account for that on the books. And so if this team wants to... Uh, keep Brady Oliveira if it wants to keep Dalton Schoen. That is what is, I think, precipitating potentially the move on from some of this club's, you know, veteran core that that has made a lot of money over the last, you know, three, four, five years. But you know, when you look at the long-term success that this team has had and is, of course, hoping to continue into the future, 
it's it's impossible to to keep that level of success if if you continue to let you know your your highly paid uh, veterans take precedent over maybe retaining some of your younger talent. For instance, we saw Casey Sales become a CFL All Star this season with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Well, the the Bombers, from what I understand, were never really in the running to retain him. Why? Because he got paid almost two hundred thousand dollars a year by the Tie Cats, and the Bombers weren't in a position to offer anywhere near that given what they're paying other guys on that defensive line, including guys like Jackson Jeffcoat, of course, Willie Jefferson. So inevitably at some point, the other shoe has to drop and, and you have to get younger. It's not something that's exclusive to the Bombers. It's true of all pro sports. So they come into this offseason with pretty well three dozen pending free agents. We know not all of them will be back. Some might retire. Some will look for paydays elsewhere. We know Dalton Schoen, Brady Oliveira, they'd like to get looks in the NFL. Willie Jefferson has been the only one to re-sign so far. He was quick. Are we expecting others to to come quickly? What's the normal pattern here that it was usually slow before Christmas? Well, I think the pattern is typically, uh, it it does kind of revolve around the new year. Like teams will re-sign guys at this point before Christmas if they have money against the cap to give them signing bonuses or they will sign the deal with the uh, uh, signing bonus kind of being deferred in the form of a roster bonus. So the reason I say that is, of course, the salary cap for 2023 doesn't just run through Grey Cup. It runs through December 31st. The new cap starts on the following day, January 1st, when the year rolls over to 2024. So if teams have cap space left over and they want to use that money to potentially give guys signing bonuses and save some money against the cap in 2024 – they can do that. Now, Willie Jefferson is kind of the only big name bomber to re-sign. He presumably got a signing bonus when he signed. That might be an indication the club had a little bit of money left over. He's been the only guy. Now, that doesn't mean he's the only guy the club is negotiating with. It's pretty common in CFL circles for teams to negotiate with players and say, hey, look, we can't do the paperwork today because we need to wait for January 1st to finalize this contract and give you the signing bonus because we don't want to go over the salary cap in 2023. But let's negotiate in good faith now and then come the new year, that first week in January, we'll do the paperwork and we'll get you your check for the signing bonus so it counts against 2024, not against 2023. So based on what the Bombers are doing, my informed speculation, I'll call it, would be that they've they've exhausted whatever extra room they had at the end of the 2023 season though they're probably negotiating actively with a number of guys who will get their signing bonuses once the numbers roll over for next year. Good to know, because what we've seen from Montreal the last week has been, oh, Cody Fajardo, they added a year to his extension. Oh, there's Sean Lemon getting a deal. There's Darnell Sankey getting a deal. There's Mustafa Johnson getting a deal. It's like, okay, there's all these deals for the Great Cup champs. Where's, where are the rest of the deals? And that explains why it, it's not just Winnipeg. We haven't seen all that much around the league, right? Except for Montreal. No. And I I talked to a number of the kind of prominent agents in the CFL over the last few weeks, and they have all said more or less the same thing, which is that teams right now are are pretty tapped out when it comes to money. Like we saw Stavros Katsantonis get a big deal in Hamilton as their starting safety. Uh, The Argonauts brought back uh, Asia Cage, who's their their franchise left tackle. There have been a, a few moves. But yeah, reading between the tea leaves, you'd, you'd look at the, the list of re-signings and go, okay, clearly the team that had the most money left over was the Montreal Alouettes. And that might sound odd considering they just won the Grey Cup. But let's remember that last season, 
they were the team that nobody wanted to go to because they were in an ownership crisis. Um, they saw a mass exodus, guys like Trevor Harris, guys like Eugene Lewis, guys like Darius Pickett leaving that team in order to go for more money elsewhere and, and, and situations that were maybe considered a little bit more concrete, right, with the uncertainty that team was facing. So in, in retrospect, aside from their Grey Cup run, it's, it's maybe not super surprising that they had some money left over from 2023 to spend now, lock down some key pieces, and then uh, roll forward to 2024. But generally speaking, no. My understanding is the teams are pretty tapped out, and that's why I think we'll we'll see things be pretty quiet between now and New Year's. And then once January kicks in, we'll start to see lots of announcements. Again, largely for deals that were negotiated in 2023 but couldn't be finalized and signed until 2024. All right. Other things have happened since the Grey Cup, including two new head coaches in the CFL. Buck Pierce was a finalist for the Saskatchewan job. It goes to Corey Mace. What do you think of that hire? Well, you know, I, I think it's exciting for, for the riders to get Corey Mace in the building. I mean, that is a, a, a franchise that I don't want to say has been under duress the last couple of years, but, you know, last year they had kind of a well-documented struggle finding an offensive coordinator. They offered the job to several coaches who didn't want to take it. The biggest part of that was the lack of certainty with Craig Dickinson. He was going into his last year as the team's head coach. And it's it's tough to go and take a one-year deal to be an offensive coordinator somewhere if if you don't know if if your head coach, of course, is going to be back. So what they really needed was to get someone in there who who not only was going to sign a long-term deal, but make it very clear, like, hey, I'm excited to be part of this organization. I want to turn this thing around. And that's not an easy thing to do in Regina. And that's not saying, you know, it's not, I don't mean that as a shot against Regina, but we should also be honest. It's probably from just a living day-to-day perspective, the least attractive option in the CFL, right? If given the choice uh, of making, and keep in mind, CFL head coaches often make between three hundred and $400,000 a year. Making that salary in a place like Vancouver or Toronto is probably more appealing than Regina. I, I think that's more than fair to say. Uh, but also the pressure that you are under there is very different, right? If you're if you're the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts and you lose on Friday night, you can still go grocery shopping on Saturday. Regina is maybe a little bit different, right? It's a fishbowl, it's a hotbed, and so for Corey Mace to go to his introductory press conference and say, you know, look, if anything, this this excites me. Like he seems really excited about the prospect of of being in a place that that cares so desperately about football. And, uh, I, I mean, personally, I love the fact that he's Canadian call me biased in that regard, but I like having Canadian head coaches in the CFL. He's originally from Port Moody, BC came up in the Calgary Stampeders and Toronto Argonauts organizations, uh, first as a player, then a position coach, then a, a defensive coordinator the last two years. He's won multiple great cups as an assistant coach. And so I, I like that move for them. And then for the tie cats, I don't really know what to make of this situation, to be perfectly honest. Orlando Steinauer is a coach. Um, they recently you know, made him the president of football operations, essentially making him the team's general manager. But again, I, I think he's a coach, not an executive, not a personnel guy. And by making Scott Milanovic the head coach, they've now essentially taken Steinauer and just made him an executive. And you know, as much as respect as I have for Orlando Steinauer, that's kind of the role that I – 
I just don't see making sense. So I, I question what's going on in, in Hamilton. I, I feel like if the operations cap was not an issue and teams could just hire and fire at will, they would have just gotten rid of Coach O and and, and promoted Orlando or pardon me, promoted Scott Milanovic to that role. But it's it's an odd situation in Tiger Town. You mentioned that you'd rather be paid what a HUD coach would be paid in Vancouver, Toronto. I also, the, the dollar goes a lot further in Regina based on property values and cost of living. So I don't know if that's so bad. It certainly does go farther, but you know, once you've eaten at the nicest restaurant in town, you know, where, where do you go after that? Do you, do you just keep going back to the same steakhouse every, every Friday? Um, I, I like, look, I'm born and bred in Winnipeg. I, I certainly don't think of myself as being classist. Um, and, and look, Regina has, and even the province of Saskatchewan, Moose Jaw is beautiful. Saskatoon is beautiful. There are great places to, to live and work in Saskatchewan. Regina is not the most glamorous option. I'll just say that and, and leave it there, but you're right. The dollar does go further there. Um, but, uh, it's, I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that Regina is not close to the top of most people's lists. If, if given the choice of living anywhere in Canada. I don't think you're insulting our viewership or listenership when you say that. I think they're, most of our listeners are Bomber fans that are nodding their head right now listening to what you're saying. John, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this and have a happy holiday. Thanks. Thanks for that, Christian. Appreciate it. Anytime. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all, but